The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save games the dates? Are in the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. clients. Identify fonts from where to find. We were four years Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to talk a little SEO news. Joining us is Jordan Cooney, who is the co-founder and CEO of Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses as they scale their organic search traffic. Yesterday, Jordan and I talked about the August 2023 core algorithm update, and today we're going to continue our conversation talking about artificial intelligence's impact on SEO. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Jordan Cooney, the co-founder and CEO of Previsible. Jordan, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you, Ben. It's great to be back. It's great to be doing another episode with you, my friend. You know, it's been a long summer. You decided to take the month off from podcasting, as we mentioned yesterday. And even though it hurt my feelings every time you declined our reoccurring meeting, (laughs) I wanted to talk to you anyway, about some of the big updates that have been happening, specifically where we left off. Right before the end of the summer, you invited me over for a barbecue. We sat down, you poured me a nice glass of wine and said, Ben, we should make a book. You go do it. Yeah. And I said, Jordan, that's a terrible idea. And then I was up the next morning at like three o'clock in the morning, figuring out how to use artificial intelligence to create a book. That's right. And then you left and you left me thinking about how to create a book 
based on our content. And I've built infrastructure. I've got process. I've got plans. We even had an outline at one point. And Jordan, let's be honest, we've kind of let it, you know, simmer maybe at best. It's yeah. kind of fallen off the radar. A little bit. So let's hop back on the train here. Let's do it. We got a book to write. We do. Artificial intelligence, its impact on SEO. The last time we talked, I, I believe we used AI to write a 10-chapter summary, and it gave us all sorts of different chapters and even an introduction. And honestly, I can't find it, and I can't remember it. <laughs> so we're going to have to start all, all over, over again. Let's again. start with chapter one, Jordan. I want to talk to you a little bit about what the history of artificial intelligence in SEO is. And we're going to use this to drop it in chat GPT and have it write a chapter for us. So give me the lay of the land here. When we think about the history of SEO and artificial intelligence, what comes to your mind first? I mean, this is a phenomenal question. And the history behind SEO and artificial intelligence actually dates a lot further back than the recent you know, year and a half that we've seen OpenAI and uh, Microsoft and Google and Bard in this kind of competitive race around media and press for AI. In fact, the history behind AI and the use of it in search really goes much further back than we all we all think. In fact, it, it goes back to the earlier 2000s when Google really started to leverage AI to transform how they would deal with semantic search. So everything from how Google managed uh, rich snippets, the evolution of the knowledge graph in 2012, uh, the introduction of RankBrain, which was really the evolution behind machine learning, the utilization of featured snippets in a more aggressive way, the introduction of Bar BART, and then um, the introduction of MUM, and then finally BARD. And so if you go back to 2009 in the first use of AI-levered technologies and rich snippets, you really realize this is a much longer trajectory and it is a progression towards how search engines use AI and then ultimately how we in the SEO community are leveraging it to improve the performance of our websites and to uh, evolve our techniques to capture more traffic. I'll be honest, I wasn't listening because I was busy using artificial intelligence to write a book. <laughs> Fair enough. As much as I kid around, I do have a little bit of a, uh, a description here of what our first chapter is according to ChatGPT. It's called SEO and AI, an evolutionary tale. From the internet's infancy to today, AI's search landscape, SEO has transformed dramatically. This chapter outlines the journey highlighted by the roles of influential algorithms and models like RankBrain, BERT, MUM, and BERT. Okay, we got BERT twice there, so you know maybe ChatGPT is a little sleepy at the wheel. Chapter 1.1, early days of SEO, basic web design dominated with search engines using simple algorithms. There was the emergence of black hat techniques to the ease of manipulation. Chapter 1.2, Google's game-changing algorithm, the introduction of PageRank, and the emphasis on quality and content and genuine backlinks. Chapter 1.3, machine learning's entry, algorithms evolved to learn without explicit programming, and Google's rank brain becomes the forerunner, enhancing the query understanding and relevance. 1.4, deep dive with deep learning, mirroring neural networks, improving content. 
Bert Mum and Bert Again. There are other models that improve accuracy and personalization. And then 1.5, my personal favorite, ethical concerns. The AI and SEO integration sparked debates on data privacy, algorithm biases, and potential misuses. Now, Jordan, since you took the summer off, I want to give you a quick update on what's been happening in the artificial intelligence world. Everybody's pissed that their data is being used to train algorithms. And now we've seen things like Bing search go away. You can't search with Bing using OpenAI. I know you can still go on to Bing, but in ChatGPT's OpenAI, you can't use Bing search. People are basically throwing a hissy fit led by the man, the myth, the legend, Elon Musk himself, saying he doesn't want all the AI algorithms to train themselves on what I consider to be publicly available data. So now that we're in this world of ethical concerns of artificial intelligence, where do you stand? Well, that's a big question, Ben. A lot to unpack there. In diving into the ethical components here, it really all starts with utility, right? I think that there were a lot of questions about search engines 22 years ago and whether or not or why we would use search engines. Today, we're going to be using AI in many experimental ways to understand how humans can interact and leverage this technology to enrich our lives and make it easier. I want to remind all of our listeners, we've all been using AI for a long time, right? Whether it's in uh, assisted chatbots or it is in uh, prompts in, in, in call centers, when we call call centers, or the security behind our banking, that they know that you drove to a particular city, filled up your car with gas, paid with your credit card, and now that they know that you entered the state of Nevada, they don't necessarily flag your credit card for fraud when you end up in Vegas, right? Like this is a thing that that companies have been using for quite some time now. We just weren't necessarily as aware. The the press and media behind AI has created a frenzy, a tremendous amount of friction behind how it's being used in our everyday lives and what its best utility for humanity is. That is still yet to be determined. Now, the ethical practice of the use, and to answer your, your more specific question, do we allow these technologies to access our information to enrich their technology and make better decisions? That's a really tough question. And it breaks down into two components. Component number one, is there going to be a personal and negative attack on any individual or group in society? And the the second question is, will this be used in a commercial way that undermines the originator of the content or asset? This is happening in music. It's happening in art. It's happening in all these other creative categories. And I understand that that's where the conversation's starting because people don't want their music or their voice ripped off and then syndicated and people making money off of another individual's voice. But the reality is that this is also going to impact data owners and it's going to impact content developers and it's going to impact web developers who've written really good code and now it's being syndicated and used through these AI technologies. It's happening everywhere. And in my opinion, the focus of saying limiting access is the solution is the wrong answer. And the reason that that's the wrong answer is that by limiting the access, we don't actually encourage the technology to be better about 
understanding differences in race and culture and design and in, in technology, we actually encourage it to be more narrow-minded, narrow, focused on a, on, a, on a subset. And so I think contributing is important, but being vocal about managing the expectations, being aware of how um, our government and society legislates and regulates the use of AI is going to become more and more imperative and important in the future protections that are granted and or limited in the use of AI. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. I think the cat's out of the bag. Mm. Right. In the same way that we think that, you know, web crawlers crawling your website to understand what content is there so it can rank you, right? And we're all accepting of this. We want Google to crawl for the vast majority and other web crawlers to be able to understand the content of our pages. And in reality, what's happening is Google is taking that, putting your website on a page, hopefully sending some traffic to you. But if your content's really good, they take it and they put it in an answer box and they don't drive anybody to your site. And we say, oh, it's a zero click. Uh, boy, that creates value. I don't really see how that scenario is that much different from somebody taking your content and piping it into artificial intelligence, right? And or, or what we think of artificial intelligence. And by that, I mean summarizing what you're saying and using it to train a data model and maybe even cite your content and hopefully serve as a traffic driver. When you think of the value of artificial intelligence and the trade-offs of having your content crawled as opposed to having it blocking the, uh, the robot.txt, uh, for I don't know if it's robot.txt for artificial intelligence, but having the content not crawled. What do you think the trade-offs are? I think in the short term, the value add is that companies feel secure. Companies, organizations, creators feel very secure that their asset, that their creation is not being utilized or manipulated in any way or form that they wouldn't want. Now, I think it's very short-sighted. And, and it reminds me of a, of a really important story, Ben, you might remember this from our eBay days. I remember back when I was at eBay and when I first started at eBay in, in 2009, the story was that the biggest catalyst of SEO growth was that in early 2000s, uh, Meg and a group of executives 
made the decision to not allow Google to crawl and index listings on eBay. That listings, the listings that you posted or any seller on eBay posted would not be accessed by Google because they didn't want Google to steal the most valuable asset and information that eBay provided, which is the listing that a seller provides. And, you know, it took years for this to change. And candidly, you know, when that change happened, which, you know, our former boss and, and friend Robert Chatwani was a big catalyst of making that change. When that change happened, traffic just soared. And it was because of this huge ecosystem of the best, most versatile asset that eBay has was now accessed by Google, right? Now, I believe that this AI revolution is going to be a very similar trend for many companies. By giving the access, we then encourage the right participation in the right message in AI. And there are certainly a lot of clear examples of misrepresentation. And that's where we need to be mindful of how do we create guardrails? How do we protect how AI messages things and how they can use it versus limiting the accessibility of the core asset and content? I think that the, the difference here between crawling to serve content as a promotional vehicle and what's happening with artificial intelligence is the notion of derivative works. Is when someone gets access to the data on your website for use in artificial intelligence, their stated intent is to not then promote that website. It is to take the content and reformat it into a different factor form factor that is gonna be useful for the end consumer. It is not necessarily meant to be promotional. So when you think about the data that is out there, do you believe that it is more valuable for companies to give their data to artificial intelligence algorithms like ChatGPT, or should we all be protecting ourselves until there are clear ethical guidelines? I've sat in rooms with publicly traded company CEOs who've posed a very similar question all in the same sentence, which is, why is my company and my brand and my information not showing up in ChatGPT? And in the same sentence saying, how do I make sure ChatGPT doesn't get my information? So you can't have it both ways, right? This technology is a byproduct of the data and uh, knowledge that it, it, it's fed and if you don't feed it the information that is relevant to your company, your business, your products, your services, it's never going to be able to give an output that is at all coherent or useful or relevant to your brand. So, you know, executives, marketers, SEOs that are listening to this, you have to realize like you can't have it both ways right now. You, you can't say no to having being crawled, but say yes to having information about my company show up accurately in AI. So we have to be mindful of that factor, but companies are going to be risk averse, especially big ones who feel like they're sitting on some sort of gold mine of knowledge or data. Um, and they're gonna wanna prevent OpenAI or, or Google and Bard from crawling and accessing or consuming in, in, in via feeds or other ways their data. All right. Well, there's chapter one of our soon to come book, The Impact of SEO and Artificial Intelligence. Turns out, I guess we have some ethical concerns, Jordan. My biggest ethical concern is whether you're going to show up for the next three months or not, but we'll leave that <laughs> until our next episode. <laughs>
And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, co-founder and CEO of Previsible. If you'd like to get in touch with Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is previsible.io, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle on LinkedIn is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.